Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. No. Thank you. Amen. So I don't know how many of you were up late last night, but I know that there's a a bunch of uh, people that are not feeling well, my family, my mother-in-law, the kids are, have been uh, fighting the congestion and all that stuff. But So there's many people that are not feeling well. Is there anybody here that came today even fighting through uh, feeling sick, feeling the congestion, the fever, stomach virus going through, any of that? <clears throat> okay. A few hands. Okay. What I'd like to do is, um, if you would... Before we actually get into the word, I know that um, we're going to stand in faith with you guys. And as we're standing in faith with the uh, the hands that were raised, that um, we're going to believe and believe God for his healing to be sent to all those that are not here. Amen. That that should be here. We're going to send forth the word in faith. But uh, for Ridge, Ryan, if you guys could come up, we're going to lay hands on you guys. Anybody else? Lisa, did you have your hand raised? Yeah, I see that hand kind of like. You know, it's one of those things. It's not the cold or anything like that. It's just kind of like you know, physically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, praise the Lord. You could come on, come on up, Lisa. We'll take care of that. Amen. Come on up. Mike, Nick. Strong men of the Lord. Praise God. If everyone would, if you would just uh, stand with me, stand in faith. Amen. Praise God. We know that Jesus is the healer, but he's uh, required from his disciples. Amen. To trust, believe, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord God. Totally set free. 
Hallelujah. And Lord God, as we're standing, we thank you that for, there are so many that, that could be here this morning. But sickness has been trying to attack the families in this house. And we thank you, Lord God, that they are healed. And we call them healed by the stripes of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that your anointing is flowing through the households represented here at Good News Family Worship Center. And we thank you, Lord God, that every house is completely set free of sickness, disease, and anything that would try to attack your sons, your daughters, our brothers and sisters, Lord God. We thank you and we call them healed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. If you can, you be seated. Amen. So, uh, pastors had asked me to to minister this morning and... um, one of the things that was stirring even before that they they had asked me one thing that was stirring in my heart was um concerning this coming year obviously we always you know seem to try to uh, um seek the lord seek his face find what he wants for the, for this coming year and um but there was something that's been stirring in my heart and um and one of the things, and if we're looking for a title for this message, it is uh, it, it is to refocus and recommit. Amen. Amen. We have so many uh, things that we just got through a busy season with Christmas. We could go go back all the way into October with we had our Hallelujah party for the kids and things that were happening here. But there's one event after another event after holiday after holiday and all kinds of busyness and things that are going. So even for uh, uh, when we're striving to uh, just stay in that place with our relationship with the Lord, with seeking His face, trying to make time to to read our, our Word, to get into worship, to get into prayer time. There's still a striving, and sometimes it seems like there's this constant battle with busyness and things that are going on through the holiday season. And our hearts may be right, and our hearts might be intending to do the right things, but there seems to always be that struggle because there's so much busyness that that busyness takes our focus off of what God is really wanting us to do. Amen? And the place that he's wanting us to get into and the place that he's wanting us to be. Amen? So one of the things that God was really speaking to me is to refocus. And how do you refocus? And part of what I, I like to do is when I'm focusing on something, when I'm trying to look to see where I want to get to, I need to look back and see where I've, where I've been in this past year, 2016. I like to reflect back. Did I get to the, the? Did I meet the goals that I wanted to meet? Naturally, spiritually, or did I set goals? Are there, there are things that I put in place that I wanted to, you know, to really to strive to get to, to strive to attain? Did I really strive to get into that place where I really wanted to be, and that was to be every single day in God's word, to be every single day worshiping, to get into that place where my relationship with him was getting so intimate that, that, that that's where I wanted to be. It was like everything else could stop, and that's all I wanted to be. Did I really strive for that place every single day? 
So reflecting back, spiritually speaking, did I really reach those goals? Because, I mean, for day to day, it is we have to set a goal that we need to make time. We need to get into that quiet time to be able to seek his face. Amen. Amen? And this is January 1st. And we all know that there's New Year's resolutions. I want to um, read something real quickly. Um, Dad, on my desk, uh, looking at the computer to the left, next to the stack of stuff, there's a New Year's resolution uh, stats. I want to take a look at some things, but before we look at that, um, I just wrote this down. Now, listen, I'm a, I love to just... When I'm studying and when I'm, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit just speaking to me, I love just to just begin just to start writing things down and just listen and write. And as he's giving it to me, I just start penning things down. Um, but we're going to get into some scriptures but in, in a few minutes. But right now, this is what he was just really stirring in my heart. The end of the year has come and a new year begins. Most often people follow trends in social media to begin New Year's resolutions, it is almost as it were trying to fit in with a large crowd trying to make a fairy tale happen. And we see it so many times. We see so many things. People are just trying to follow trends. They're trying to follow, you know, the, the crowd and what's going on and the trendy things and trying to make resolutions because so many people are trying to do these same things. And, uh, you know, it's almost like... We're, we're making decisions and resolutions based on emotions. And the reality is that uh, when we're making these resolutions based on emotions and how we're feeling and things like that, that a lot of these resolutions won't stand. And they won't stand a test of time. Frankly put, this is the way I put it, most resolutions fail through the first uh, half of the new year. As for the people that make these decisions that become trendy are usually making a heartfelt decision to make change. It's not an emotional decision, but it's something that's heartfelt. So the ones that are making these decisions, the ones that are making the choices based on their heart and what they want to really change, they stand the test of time. But when people are just making decisions based on emotions or just make not really heartfelt decisions... They really don't stand the test of time. And I want to just read this. In 2016, here's the top 10 resolutions that were made. Number one was loss of weight. Two, getting organized. Three, spend, spend less, save more. Four, enjoy life to the fullest. Number five, staying fit and healthy. Six, learn something exciting. Seven, quit smoking. Eight, help others in their dreams. Nine, fall in love. Number 10, spend more time with family. Now, here's some stats about all these resolutions. 45% of Americans who usually make New Year's, uh, usually make New Year's resolutions. So 45% of America makes a resolution. 17% of Americans who, inf who infrequently make New Year's resolutions. So 17% of the United States infrequently makes resolutions. 38% of Americans who 
absolutely never make New Year's resolutions. Almost half of this country makes, usually makes a resolution. 8% of those people are successful in achieving their resolution. 8%. of those people. 49% have uh, infrequent success, 24% who never succeed and fail on the resolution each year. People who explicitly make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't explicitly make their resolutions. So the fact of the matter is, if you are explicitly heartfelt making a decision, hear this. Now, this is stats based on natural things that we see going on and what people are trying to do. They're trying to make some change. Yeah, I, I, I know. I just, it is what it is. <clears throat> people, oh, that's, that, that helps. Uh, <laughs> No, no. Well, you, you know, you start to see the light, the heat starts. It's okay. That's good. But t- 10% people who make heartfelt decisions have a 10 times greater chance of reaching their goals. We're looking at natural circumstances, natural things that people are wanting to change. All these instances and all these things that people want to change. And Frankly, not too many people actually reach these goals. So just to look back, again, refocusing, just to look back at 2016, we've had ups and downs as a nation. Maybe some of us individually have had ups and downs. And if you really look back, did you set any resolutions? Did your resolution stand the test of time? If not, was it a heartfelt decision, a heartfelt resolution? If so, did you, did you surround yourself with a good support group? Did your resolution succeed? So again, refocusing, looking back. And I bring this up. Sometimes that support group is so helpful and could be influential with actually achieving those goals. Do you want somebody next to you constantly, you know, just critical, telling you you can't do it? Or do you have the people around you that can help push you, that can help to encourage you, that can help to tell you and help you to believe in in what you're doing, help you believe in the goals and that you can do it? Very important to be able to achieve those goals. Amen? Amen? Part of this time for refocus is to look at where you have been this past year. There is a quote that I picked out for my kids, and I have it on Timmy's wall because I'm at a place with Timmy that I'm trying to help encourage him. I'm really trying to help Timmy believe that he can do all things in Christ. Amen. And I help him believe that he can do it, that Timmy is able to overcome some struggles and things that, he, that he's facing. But that's this, and this is what the saying is. Sometimes you win. And sometimes you learn. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Losing is not a bad thing. If you can learn from the experience. If you can learn from how you've uh, not gained that win. 
Amen? Just because a heartfelt decision or goal hasn't yet been fulfilled doesn't mean it was a loss. It just means you need to reevaluate your goals or decisions and get wisdom from God to learn what needs to be perfected. Have you made any resolutions or goals that would be spiritually beneficial in 2016? Looking back, did you succeed? Did you attain those goals that you were looking to do? I, I think of it like this. Sometimes there's things like uh, putting in place. Obviously, we want to be in the Word of God every day. Obviously, we want to be worshiping every day. We want to be in prayer time every single day. But maybe there's goals like going on a mission trip. Maybe it's doing something in your community. Maybe it's something doing here at the, at the physical house, at the church building, at our building, and doing something here to accomplish something. But are there things that we've set goals to do, and have we attained them? Have we not been able to succeed in making those things happen? Did you succeed, or did those decisions help propel you into greater things in God? The word of the Lord came for this day, January 1st, the start of this new year, to refocus, recommit. Reflecting on 2016, ultimately, do you believe you have grown spiritually? Part of refocusing, again, is reflecting back to see what steps are needed to change your future course. I believe all of us want to make strides to increase our relationship with God to greater depths. So part of our purpose today is to refocus our spiritual walk, our spiritual climate, our spiritual relationship with God. Do we feel like that we've actually grown? Now, this is individual, personal reflection. Do we really believe that from the beginning of 2016, things have heightened, we've grown, we've stepped from glory to glory into greater things of God? Maybe personally, that relationship has has grown Maybe things have kind of slid back a little bit. Where are we personally? Where are we individually? You know, I can't look for uh, my own wife, Elena, because I'm, I'm not the one to be able to uh, decide whether she's reached her goals or not unless she's shared them and things were intimate between us. But I need to focus on myself individually first. And focus on that alone. God can do whatever he wants with my wife. And again, he can do with what he wants with me. But between Elaine and I, we need to focus on ourselves. First, our relationship with God. That's our most important uh, responsibility. Is to first see that and, and make sure that our relationship is growing. That my relationship is growing with him. Amen. So looking back... Did I really come into the place, into those depths of relationship with God? Because that's, before anything, the most important, important aspect of my entire existence, my entire life. My sole purpose should be to be just developing my relationship with my Heavenly Father. 
in 2016, did I really grow like I wanted to grow? And that's where we are today. Because today, we get a chance. New start. January 1st. Putting things back in focus. Has busyness clouded our our, our uh, striving into getting into that place, and it's not a bad strive. It's a good striving. It's a it's a working. It's a a working towards my relationship with Him. That's love in action. Hello, Amen. that's love in action. My love for my God should cause me to want to work so hard and to be so intimate with Him. Good. Amen. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. This year, January 1st, starting now, let's set some goals. Let's set some spiritual resolutions that aren't going to just die in a month, that aren't going to die in six months, but a heartfelt decision, that a resolution that we're making, a, resolu- a resolve in our heart that this year is going to be different. That this year is, I'm going to have change in my personal relationship with God. That I'm going to have change with my, my perception, my thinking, that everything uh, that's within me is going to be so captivated and so full of just, just running after God. That nothing's going to keep me from doing that. But there has to be resolve. It has to be a heartfelt decision. Not just a whim, just going on whatever wave or whatever, you know, high thing that's happening in the, in the church and this exciting, fun thing. No matter what's going on, that my heart, my sole purpose is to seek my heavenly father and seek his face. Amen? Amen. Putting back into focus, what's our purpose? Why did God create us? Amen? It's to have a relation, have fellowship with to have relationship. Amen? Amen. 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 So putting back into focus, refocus, we're looking back. Where have we gone? Where have we come from? Where are we going? Amen? Amen. And tied right with that, recommit. I want to read some scripture verses here. This first one here that I'm going to read it may seem uh, it may be a verse that's that's seen from the outward that there's physical things that have that that take place to cause results but i want to take a look at the heart of of this verse quickly and so we can move on but it's ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 Ecclesiastes 9.10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it's simply this. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Simply put, put everything that you have within you into whatever you're doing. Work hard. Give everything that you've got. Amen? It's, it's, this is a, an instruction. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. 
Now, it's a physical thing that we see in the natural that whatever you work hard to do, you're going to be able to accomplish things. But the heart matter is your heart should push and strive to make things happen and give everything that you've got in whatever you're doing. Amen? You all know that I've, I was a wrestler. I'm involved with helping with coaching and things. There's, there's places in wrestling that you just want to give up. It's hard. It's hard, but there's a mentality that you have to put that you have to get. There's a heart, uh, like resolve, a motivation that you need to get within yourself is that you are going to push through no matter how hard, no matter what difficulties you face. That you're going to push through no matter what. And that's the same resolve that I see right here in this scripture verse. Give everything that you've got. Leave nothing on the table. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. And it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Again, we're talking about recommitting. Amen. Recommit. Commit your heart. Commit your life to the things of the spirit. Paul, Paul, we've talked about this so many times. Paul was totally transformed. Amen? Completely transformed, radically changed. And Paul's given this instruction here by the Holy Ghost. And he's given these, this specific thing to bring clarity to the, to Rome, the people in Rome, the, the Roman people. And he's given clarity to what's going on. People are living according to the flesh. People are living according to the spirit. But those who live according to the spirit. I'm sorry. For those who live according to their flesh. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit. Their minds are set on the things of the spirit. So whatever we take. Whatever we're doing. Whatever we're facing. Every single day, we need to commit our hearts that no matter what, we're going to have our minds set on the things of the Spirit. How does this help us with, with our commitment to God? Because if we get out of the Spirit, we're, our minds are going to be caught in fleshly things. Which we know that once we allow the flesh to take over, then it seems like there's that dividing line that begins to open wide and the gap between us and God gets further and further. Amen? Brought us away. Listen, bottom line is every day we need to make sure we're intently making a decision to follow the things of the Spirit. Amen? I'm going to move on. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Colossians 3, 2. And it says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. 
set your mind on things above. Every moment, every day that I wake up, every morning I wake up, I need to have that, that heart of, you know what, this day I'm going to set it. I'm going to set it, Lord God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to set my life and set an example for you today. That no matter what I'm facing, no matter where I am, I'm setting my heart. I'm setting my eyes like a flint. I'm making sure that I am committing every single day to the goal. Every single moment that I wake up, I'm making a commitment to the goal. And that's to please my father my heavenly father to please him. How do I do that? Please him with, with my life, please him with my words, my actions. But there has to be that heart set every moment, every morning, begin your morning this way that, you know what, God today, I commit my life to you. My mind is going to be set on, on things above. My mind's going to be set on your thing, of, on heaven, a father of who you are, of, of your love for me, my love for you. And Lord God, I'm going to please you. Amen. There's a resolve. Amen. We're talking about committing, committing our hearts, committing our lives. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Proverbs 16, 9, and it says this, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, we have our plans. We all have bills to pay. We all have things that we need to take care of. Our heart in all these matters should still be focused on the things above. Amen. Amen. We know that when we seek first his kingdom, amen, his righteousness, his kingdom, all the things that we have need of will be taken care of. So our plan, our, the, every day, our plan should, involved, should involve our relationship building time with God. Amen? Amen. And in all the things, the activities that we have, work, sports with the kids, time with the kids, time with the family, whatever that time may be, in all of it, the Lord will direct our steps. Know what's awesome is that it's so easy for him to direct our steps when he has somebody that will listen. (laughs) I mean, did you ever... Uh, how many have kids? Okay. <clears throat> Do you ever try talking to your kids, but they're like in their own world? They're, own, they're literally like in their own world. And you're talking to them and they're looking at you, but you could tell there's porch lights on. Nobody's home. And they're out there and you're talking, giving instruction, whatever it may be. And it's, did you hear what I said? You know, you're asking, oh, because you're trying to get them to snap out, you know, like snap out of it. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Um, What's our father looking for? Our heavenly father. He's looking for ones that will listen. To hear his direction in all of our steps. Amen. So a man's heart plans his way. Can I tell you this? Plan for personal time with our Heavenly Father. 
And he will direct our steps. Whether it's at work, whether it's with our family, our kids, sports, in all of it, our heart stays sensitive and stays in a place that we can still hear when there's a need or when there's something that needs to happen or when God wants to intervene or when God wants his kingdom to be here on earth in certain circumstances or situations. But as long as our ears are open to hear, he can direct our steps because in it all, God wants to use us in our families, in our sports arenas, our spheres of influence, like pastor has said, he wants to use us in, our, in whatever we're doing. So part of our commitment is in this, God, have my heart, use me, use my words, use my mouth, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to do. Part of committing to him is saying, I give my whole heart, my whole life over to you. Whether I'm going to work, whether I'm going to wrestling, whether I'm going to bring somebody to, to singing, whether it's Sarah or music or whatever it may be that we're involved with for this day, that Lord God, use me, have me. Whatever needs to happen, let it happen. It's given us, given him our whole life in everything that we do. He's involved. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 15. This is a lovely verse. Love it. Proverbs 15 chapter nine, or verse 19. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. Isn't that encouraging? But the way of the upright is a highway. Part of committing to God is making sure that we don't get lazy in our faith. Part of committing to God is making sure we don't get lazy in our faith. You know, this verse right here, it, it sets a dividing line. Easy to see that if you don't, if you don't work hard, Things are going to come much more difficult. A lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. That means there's a lot of difficulty, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain to try to get to where we need to get to. But the way of the upright, this is so like astounding to me that there's uprightness to not being lazy. Amen. Being upright means you're working. Means you're pushing. You're not lazy, letting just, you know, the days go by and just kind of just going with the whim, just allowing the, you know, just day to day, just trying to get by. But you're working. You're pushing yourself. You're pushing through. You're making things happen for yourself spiritually. Amen. That means when it seems difficult, when you feel tired and you haven't had that time, you're still making that time. 
you're still making that decision that, you know what, I'm going to still seek my, my Heavenly Father, whether I'm exhausted, whether I'm sick, whether I don't feel like it, no matter what the, no matter what the cost, no matter what you have to push through, I'm still going to make that time. I'm going to still push in to seek his face. Wow. Even if you're waking up in the morning and you're half hour late past that snooze, you know, you've hit it like eight times and, and you're pushing through and you know that time is short and you, ha- you don't have the time like you want it to, to be able to maybe get that scripture verse, to be able to get that little devotional in or whatever. But you're still going to push through even in that time when you're busy trying to hurry up, get your lunch packed, all this stuff. You're still praying. You're still, you know, just, just worshiping him in that moment. Not allowing the, the busyness and the, the, no guilt. You have... Plenty of day to get their devotions and things in, but you're still making a commitment that no matter what, I'm pushing through. I'm not going to allow all the busyness and things to pull away and steal my moment. Amen. We all face it. This morning, I was hitting the snooze, partially because I had to take Benadryl last night. <laughs> Benadryl and sleep and, and uh, you know, wide open eyes don't mix. But the reality is, I had to hit it. But I still needed to wake up and commit myself, commit my heart. Amen. And push through. Praise God. Amen. God is good. But a lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. If you're lazy in your faith, things are going to be difficult. We know, that, we know that if we're not seeking God, seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, that favor seems to be a hard thing to come by. Amen? But when we're seeking God with all of our heart, we have the favor of God. And God will even give us favor with man in the process. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But when we're working, when we're striving, when we're pushing through difficulties, when we're pushing through tiredness, sickness, and all these things, all the, uh, you know, when it seems like you're the, uh, you're, you're the ear that has to listen to everybody's problems and whatever it is, you still need to make that time and not allow every situation and all circumstances keep you down. Because that's what will happen if you're not pushing, striving to seek his face. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Matthew 22, 37. Again, commitment, recommit. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with part of your heart. With part of your soul and with part of your mind. All. Jesus said, you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All of your soul. All of your mind. Amen? Give everything you have to God. Give everything. Give it all. That's 
the commitment that we make to God is that we're giving him everything, every moment, every circumstance, every situation. We commit it all to him. We commit our whole heart. Why? Because what do circumstances do? Circumstances have a bit of a influence on our heart. People that we care for. Caring for the fact that I, I need to provide for my family. I need to provide a home for my family. Put, put food on the table. There's circumstances, situations, and things that my heart you know, can be pulled to and start to get into places of, you know, of, of fear or maybe even places of you know, just uncomfortable places that I want. But Jesus said to love him with all of my heart. That means I need to commit my whole entire heart to him. When I face circumstances and situations, if he's involved and my heart's committed to him, he'll help me get through those circumstances. And those places where it seems difficult, well, God, how do these ends meet? Now I can rely and have peace and trust him because it's committed. My heart is committed to him that when it's, my heart's not pulled into fear or doubt or all these other places when I'm facing situations. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God. Making full commitment. With all of your soul, all of your mind. Your actions, your mind, your thoughts. Commit your thoughts unto the Lord. When the temptations, when the temptations begin to come, you have to strive, fight. In your mind that, you're, you know what, I'm not going to allow these temptations to take hold of my thoughts. To take hold of my very uh, my thinking, my pattern and everything. You know what, God, I, I ask you that you would just, just overwhelm my mind, my thoughts with your love, with your passion, with your, uh, just who you are. The temptations come. But what do we do? What do, how, do we allow them to have a foothold in our thinking? To, to then go from thoughts to creeping into a, a, a foothold in our heart, seed and growing in our heart to where now it becomes something that's in our heart. Sin begins to fester. Temptation is not, a, is not the sin. But what are we doing with that temptation? Are we casting it down? Every thought, vain imagination. We need to take the word of God and allow it. Again, commitment. Committing our mind. Commit it to the word of the God. So that it is completely uh, covered in protection. Amen? Amen. So when temptations come, our mind is, is girded up with the word of God. That when that temptation comes, we know that we can... We can go right to the Lord. Lord, your word says this. You say this in your word. The word of God then becomes that reference. It becomes that seed that, that begins to grow in our mind. And our thoughts get captivated with him. But we have to commit. Love the Lord our God with our mind. Amen. All of our mind, not part. Amen. That's what he says. When God asks for our commitment, he's looking for action. 
That's a bottom line. He's looking for action. Not just, yeah, I'll commit to God. I'll give him my life. I'll give him my heart. He's looking for action. Praise God. He's not looking just for a verbal agreement to what he's saying. He's looking for action. There should be an unchangeable persistence in our intent to seek God. You want me to read that again? There should be an unchangeable persistence in our intent to seek God. First and foremost, to know him, to become like his friend. Amen? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. You know, there's many times where uh, we face, you know, difficult times, busyness, whatever it may be. We may seem a little lacking in our relationship with God. But there's times where if we commit our works to him, Great place to do that. Serving in the ministry. Ministry of helps. When you commit your your works to him, your thoughts will be established. You know what begins to happen? When you commit that work, that ushering, when you commit that work of being uh, on the audio, the video, back in the classroom, when you're committing that work, what you're truly doing is Saying, God, you know what? I'm doing this. I want to please you. And I want to, I want to allow you to just work through me in this area. When, would that, when you're committing that work, what begins to happen is your thoughts begin to be flooded with just so many good things, ideas. But you're, you begin to be like overwhelmed with kingdom thoughts. And the love of God then begins to allow and help you to show you the place you need to come into. Amen? But if you commit your works to the Lord, your thoughts will be established. There's so much when you commit to the, to the, our Heavenly Father, to our, the Lord God, to Jesus. When we commit our life to Him, we are so overwhelmed, consumed with his goodness, with his love, with his thoughts. So when we commit, our mind changes, our heart changes, our lives change. Amen? Praise God. Job chapter 5 and verse 8. Job chapter 5 verse 8. But as for me, and you could just listen, as for me, 
I would seek God, and to God I would commit, I would commit my cause. Commit your cause. Amen. <clears throat> Everything we're doing, let's commit it to God. Everything we're doing, commit to God. Can I tell you this? If we're committing our, if we're committing things to God, and God didn't intend for us to be working in a bar, or God didn't con- intend for us to be working in whatever it may be, maybe it's a movie theater, or maybe it's this place, that place. For some, maybe God, you know. Uh, puts them in that movie theater to be working at the, as a clerk or whatever it may be, or McDonald's or whatever. But if we're in the place where God did not want us to be and we're committing that place, God's going to help to show us, you know what? I have something better for you. I have something greater for you, a, pl- a better place for you to be. Or maybe it's a school, a college, or whatever it may be. Whatever your work... God may say, you know what? I have a better place for you. Oh, should I use my testimony on that? Yeah. So, okay. So <clears throat> some of you all know kind of this, this testimony that I have of, uh, I was, let's see, I'll, I'll just spit it out. 1994, it was June 24th. I graduated uh, from high school. It was a late graduation. We had a lot of snow days, a lot of ice days and things. So June 24th, 1994, I graduated high school. It was right around the first week of August, I began working for an architect. And um, it was a funny situation. I was actually at a gas station working. And the mechanical drawing teacher from high school Drove past, saw me working, pulled in. He said, yo, Tim, I got an opportunity for you. I said, okay, what's that? He said, there's an architect that needs some help. And, it, and it's specifically with the CAD that we did in, in class, which wasn't AutoCAD. It was data CAD. Needless to say. So he said, he needs some help. Give him a call. Okay, cool. Gave him a call. Yeah, this is Jeff King. Yeah, I need, you know, if you could take a, a um, just a little hour out of your time, come visit with me. I want to be able to see what you can do, so on and so forth. Worked it out. Bam, I'm working for this architect. It was like I got pulled out of this place of working at the gas station where uh, uh, where it was across from this uh, apartment complex where people were trying to constantly come up, sell pot, sell drugs and all this stuff to the gas attendants and uh, in this place. So here I'm working and um, and so I'm in this place, but God had something better for me. And th- through it all, and this it gets better, but th- through it all, God knew my heart, what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into architecture and all this stuff, and I didn't know have, have any clue how this was all going to unfold. But God used a teacher to just happen to pop by this gas station, which wasn't in the same area. just happened. So I had this opportunity, went in for the interview, everything worked out, God opened the door, I'm working for the architect. A couple months later, the architect couldn't go on this trip that he had planned to go to Minnesota, to go to this uh, window um, company that makes windows for all over the country, but he couldn't make it, so ah, I was his only employee, he asked me to go. So I ended up going to this this plant and going on this trip, everything paid for, it was cool, and... Uh, 
So I was still young. But I began to see all these things that God was doing and favor that God was, things that he was blessing me with. Because at that moment in time of Tim Shannon's history, I had my whole heart committed to him. My whole life was committed to him. And I began to see his blessings and the the doors open up of blessing from God. So time's going by and it was right around, uh, uh, it was 1997, beginning of 1997. I don't remember when this unfolded, but I'm sitting there in mom and dad's living room. I was still living at home in the living room on a chair and I'm reading a magazine. I'm looking through it. Bottom line is I heard the voice of the Lord, Holy spirit, just that little small inward voice on the inside saying, this is where you're going. And I'm looking at it because it happens to be a word of faith magazine and it's Rama Bible training center in Oklahoma. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I guess that's where I'm going. There was a, a, just a settling on the inside, a piece of on the inside, resolve on the inside. This is where I'm going. But I want to tell you something. Non-accredited at the time. I don't know if it is now, but non-accredited at the time. Let me tell you the opportunities that I had before the Holy Spirit speaking this to me. The architect that I was working for wanted to send me to Drexel University. And he wanted to pay for my whole, my whole um, entire education if I got A's. So for every class, if I got an A, he paid 100% of that, that class. Any B, any B, he paid 75%. Any C, he paid half. Anything below that, you're on your own. But there was the opportunity for my entire education at Drexel University to, to be paid for. Great opportunity. Again, favor of God, the blessing me to be able to walk into this opportunity working for the architect. So here I am. I have this opportunity. I have an opportunity to go to Chicago to work with an uncle on this, uh, on this uh, software uh, company that developed for accountants and for accounting software and things of that nature where I'd be part of uh, overseeing the, the uh, helps section of that company so people come up they have prob call up they have problems and things how do you get through i'm like the help desk so there was that opportunity to go out to chicago again uh, this is 1997 i was 19 years old all these opportunities loving life this i have so many cool things to do there's different things that were just unfolding and it was like all at one time and i'm just sitting there like Wow, I could do this, I could do that, I could, you know, chase this avenue, I could chase this avenue, I could chase this, whatever. And it just seemed like, hey, I was in a great place. God's blessing was there, his favor was there, I'm working for this ark. Now there's all these other opportunities and things that I can just go after. But there I am sitting on a chair. And God says, this is where you're going. God directed my steps in that moment and in that time. I could have chased anything that was there. And it could have seemed like it was the favor of God and the blessing of God. But what was God's perfect intent for me? 
I was to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, to get some education that he needed to put into me. Amen? I came from a, a wonderful background, uh, growing in this church and everything like that. But there was some, an impartation that God wanted to put in me. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that. Maybe it could have happened down the road sometime. But God wanted, me, wanted that for me then, at that moment. I wouldn't have met my wife. You want to, you want that's, come on now. That's, that's right, Ryan. So through it all, God has so many awesome things in store for us. So many favorable things for us. So many blessings for us. If we commit our whole, whole heart, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind to him. Amen. It's our commitment for 2017. Fully committed to God. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. No holding back. No circumstance, no situation, nothing can keep me from seeking my God. Amen? I just want to read these really quickly, and then we're going to close in prayer. Uh, Psalm 30, 31, verse 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Luke 23, verse 46. When Jesus had cried out with a, uh, with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Here's Jesus. That said this to the Father in heaven. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Now that was him. And this is Jesus just pouring out his heart. Earthly man came as man. Committing his heart to the Father. Now it was. I believe this. There was. A lot of things that were scenarios and a lot of depth to this and what Jesus was speaking on the cross. That it wasn't just uh, uh, just a, an action that he was doing, but I believe there were so many depths of meaning to this. That there was that heart felt just cry out that he was giving to the, to the Father. That I, I commit my spirit to you. But could you be, imagine being one of the people st- around that cross, the foot of the cross, hearing him cry this out? The example that was set. Oh, Father, to your hands I commit my spirit. And to the disciples and everybody that heard. The perfect Example for you and I. 
is to cry out to the Father. To your hands I commit my spirit. Doesn't mean death is coming to us. It doesn't mean any harm or anything. It just means, you know what, Heavenly Father, I commit my spirit to you. And for right now, this moment, 2017, beginning this year, Lord God, I put my focus back to you. I, I strive this year just to, to seek your face every moment that I can, every day that I will not skip a beat, that I will seek your face and I will commit my spirit to you. Because this flesh may go to the ground. But my spirit is still alive in you, God. And to that, I commit myself to you. And that's what this year is about. That's what this year is about. The word of the Lord, refocus, recommit. Amen. Let's just stand for a moment. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this day that we have, the first day of the new year. Lord God, we just ask you that you would just have your way with us. And right now, in this very moment, God, we, we just ask you that you would forgive us for any sin of the past. Forgive us, Lord God. Cleanse us with your blood that we would be made pure in your sight again. That, Lord God, from this moment right now, looking forward into today, the next days ahead, and into this year, God, we commit our hearts and our lives to you. Would you just have your way with us? Take our lives, Lord. Take our heart. God, that you would just have your way with us. We yield ourselves to you. We give ourselves over to you. Lord, that as the sun comes up, there's a hunger and a thirst on the inside of us. To want to please you. To want to seek your face. That God, even as the sun goes down, that there's still that same desire to seek your face. That throughout every day that we face this year, that God, we commit every moment to you. Every thought to you. Every heart decision to you, Lord God. God, there was a time in 1990, uh, in the 1993-94 that you were pouring out among, uh, in so many places in this nation, in Canada. And God, there was a great, uh, a, a great transformation of the church. That was your bride seeking your face. God, we ask you for that same move in this nation this year. God, that your bride would turn to you. 
and commit herself to you, Lord God. That your people, your sons, your daughters would commit their lives to you, Lord God. And for Tim Shannon, for myself, Lord God, I commit my heart, all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul to you, Lord God. And just as a voice that's representing the congregation right now, Lord God, I consecrate myself to you. I give myself, I commit myself to you, Lord God. And Lord God, as this year unfolds, that in every day, every moment, I ask you that you would guide me, lead me by the Holy Spirit. That every step that I make, every move that I make, Lord God, would be under your guiding, your leadership, under your direction. Whatever I need to say, wherever I need to go, whatever needs to be done through this vessel, through me, Lord God, and for everyone that's here, that our hearts are ready to be just totally changed, a new, new fashion, Lord God, a new life, a new way, Lord God, starting right now, that God, that we are totally, totally yielded to you, totally committed to you, that Lord God, our spiritual ears are being heightened, are being, uh, raised to another level, God, that we would hear your voice so clearly on the inside. That, God, that you would be able to move, that you would be able to use us, that we would see great signs and wonders. That, Lord God, as we're laying hands on the sick that we're expecting, Lord God, that we see those recovering, that we see, Lord God, you being uh, manifested, that your glory, your anointing is moving, Lord God, not because of us, but because you're involved. It's you leading us, God. We're just your conduit, that vessel, for your anointing to flow through. Lord, part of our commitment is giving our life over to you so that you can use us. In every circumstance, in every situation, every place that we're moving and walking. That Lord God, that you're involved. That your kingdom is here on earth because it's in us. And it's coming out of us, Lord God. So have your way with us today, Lord God. And from this moment forward, Jesus, I'm yours. Let me be a true disciple, Lord God. Following your footsteps, following your ways, and having your very heart. And the word that you put in my heart for today, Lord God, I ask you that that very heart, that very word would just infiltrate every person that's here. And God, for those that couldn't be here, that you would begin to, to even speak the same, that same word into their hearts, God. To refocus, recommit. That God, we would be totally sold out for you. Totally committed to you. Jesus, 
Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Holy Spirit that you have prepared for us. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for the fruit of the seed, Lord. Your word says that he who hears my sayings and does them, I like him to a man who built his house on a rock. When the storms of life come, vehemently beat against the house, that house stands. Lord, you didn't deny that there would be storms in life. You said that that house built on the rock of revelation will stand. But if we hear your saints and don't do them, Lord, that we are like those who build a house on sinking sand. And when storms of life come, we're going we're gonna to sink rather than rise. So we commit this word that you've given Pastor Tim to heart. We receive it as from you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, that you would seal it in us. That we would be those witnesses, Jesus, that you released in your disciples as a seed for all the church of the Lord Jesus. We want to be those witnesses this year like we've never been before. Individually, in our families and in the corporate assembly, and in the marketplace. We want to be world changers and not just existers. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. Pastor Tim, thank you. Yes, give the Lord a, a praise. I'll share something, if I may, not to take away from, but to add to what Pastor Tim gave. And in that one verse there, uh, We've been talking about being the light of the world. Amen in here. I can't hear you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's what I like. Preach back. In uh, Proverbs 5, 19, when Pastor Tim was ministering that, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. And you can see that, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you a lot of perspectives from the word of God. And what it's saying is this, is that when you and I don't live the life, people who are looking at us because we are different. Remember, I, I've actually prayed that out of worship that Peter said, or uh, it was Peter. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Amen. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that we might show forth the excellency of him. Amen. So that's part of the deal. We're that by default. We're his light by default. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't know that when I got saved, but it's the deal. <laughs> Amen. Say it's the deal. So the highway uh, and this spin just came. The Holy Spirit just gave me a, a, a real fresh manna download. Download. The way of the lazy man's like a hedge of thorns. It keeps people bound. If we're not living the life, people will stay bound in their ways. 
But the way of the upright is a highway. In other words, the lifestyle you and I model, people are going to travel on. People will travel on the highway we make available to them by our words and actions. Amen? So let's see a lot of folks saved this year. Amen? God bless you. Pastor Tim, thank you. Let's give Jesus praise one more time. Amen? Lord Jesus, we praise you. Thank you for this year, and we have great expectancy to commit. Amen. God bless you.